Welcome to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. Be sure to follow me on all of my social media accounts. And don't forget to check out and subscribe to the Football Game Plan Network located at youtube.com slash football game plan. Also subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. We can find all of our audio content there as well. We're kicking off our 2020 NFL draft scouting season. And one of the first all-star games to kick off this season is the College Gridiron Showcase. I'm here all week covering the event. This is my second time coming to this event. I was at an event last year. And you start to get uh, hip to a lot of the prospects that you may not have seen during the regular season. One guy that I have seen, but I don't think a lot of people really understand what he brings to the table. Well, that's why we have him here on the podcast today. That's David Tomorrow from Johns Hopkins. David, I appreciate you taking time. Definitely, Emery. You know, thanks for having me on. You know, I've, I've definitely listened to the podcast before, so it's really cool to be a guest on it this year. Well, things come full circle, man. It was it was remarkable how I got in contact with uh, the, the, the program and, and your game. You know, I do color commentary for many different outlets, and I, I had a game on a Saturday at Morgan State, and one of the scouts told me, hey, if you're in if you're in Baltimore, you might as, might as well try to check out this quarterback from Johns Hopkins. Um, and I looked at the schedule. I was like, oh, man, they got a game on Friday. That works out perfect. So I, I got in contact with the with the SID. I got to the, to the campus. It was against Gettysburg. And, man, you had yourself a fantastic game. And you did a great job putting that game away early. Broke some records. Um, and I was like, yo, this dude got talent. He got, he got the, the juice, I like to call it. But when you look at that game and breaking those records, and you've broken a lot of records in your career, which record would you say meant the most to you to, to see go down? Definitely. I think that, uh, honestly, the total career touchdowns uh, for Johns Hopkins University was the one that I, I think was the coolest. Um, my old head coach, actually Coach Margraf, was the one who, who said it uh, back in the 80s and Unfortunately, he passed away. So, but he was definitely a great leader and like a father figure to me. And so, uh, you know, to kind of pass his mark and, and break that record was something that was really, really special to me and really cool. And I think Johns Hopkins has such an illustrious uh, career. You know, a lot of people don't really think of it as a football school, but we've been playing football for 130 years there. And you know, to just break a career mark like that was just something really special, and it kind of culminated, you know, a lot of hard work I've put in throughout my life. So that was definitely a really cool one. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up about Johns Hopkins being a football school. Uh, everyone knows it for its lacrosse, but that football stadium is is outstanding. It's been there for uh, quite some time, and the program under, uh, you know, um, the former head coach, you know, was was outstanding. Current coach is doing a great job as well. The program there is outstanding. One of the more underrated programs in college football. Was that? a big reason in outside of that, obviously the academics, but was that part of it, the football part of it, a big reason why you decided to go to Johns Hopkins? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think out of all the division three programs in the country right now, Johns Hopkins is, is at that elite list of, of top tier schools. You know, um, last year in 2018, we made the national semifinal, you know, we we'd won the conference, uh, you know, 10 straight times up until this year, we've won it, you know, nine out of the 10 years in in the 2010s decade. So, you know, coming to Johns Hopkins was something that was really special to me, both in the classroom, like you mentioned, and on the field. And, you know, when I was named the starter back in my sophomore year, it was just something I really wanted to uphold was this great tradition at Johns Hopkins. And, you know, I think I, I tried to do a really good job of doing that. Consistency is hard to find in, in football, whether you're a player or even a coach or, you know, just programs in general. And you guys have had all three. You have had great coaching. 
a great tradition where you guys have had sustained success and you have been the model of consistency at that position, which is so hard to do because all the interchangeable parts around you. How have you been able to find that consistency within your game to be the 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 go to guy on that football team when they needed the most? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, I just kind of trusted my work and trusted my preparation. You know, I'm a type of guy who, you know, I, I love the classroom aspect of football. I love to learn, you know, read the playbooks, watch the film and all that. And so I think kind of the key to consistency has just been trusting my coaching, you know, trusting what I've worked, trusting what I've prepared and kind of letting my play do the talking on Saturdays. And I think, you know, that's that's been the big thing for me is just trusting my preparation when it comes to consistency. And on the other side of that, you've had a lot of success, not just being your your standard drop back and throw the football. You're a tremendous athlete. You're making a lot of really good throws on the run. And you see the way the game has changed nowadays where it's not used as a knock against a quarterback to have very good athleticism. How have you been able to, to harness that and make yourself the true dual threat player at the position? Definitely. You know, I think, you know, it's just kind of been – watching the guys who've done it before me, you know, watching the guys like Aaron Rodgers, watching the guys like Carson Wentz, watching the guys like Mahomes. And, you know, it's cool. You mentioned dual threat. I think those are the quarterbacks I model my game after. I don't really think I'm like a Lamar Jackson who's going to tuck the ball, you know, 20 times a game and rush for 120 yards. I really like to use my feet to set up my arms. So, you know, when my initial reads aren't there, I like to use my feet, get out of the pocket so I can find guys downfield and go off script a little bit. Um, you know, so I think, you know, that, that's just kind of been the thing is, you know, watching the guys who perform me, watch what the success is there. You know, Deshaun Watson's another guy and just kind of using my feet to set up my arm. So that's kind of been what's going on there. If I was breaking down a running back position, I played running back in college. I would instantly say, OK, I, I need the quarter, uh, the running back to have vision. Right. If you're mm -hmm. looking at it from your perspective as a quarterback breaking down a position, what's the, the non-negotiable trait a QB has to have? Definitely. You know, I think he's got to have poise. Um, I think that's a big thing. Uh, it's definitely, you know, in any situation, you know, pressure pack, you know, game on the line. You got to have poise to step in there. No moment too big. Um, I think quarterbacks also gonna got to have the, the thought like, you know, flush whatever happened in the past. You know, whether you threw a 99 yard touchdown or whether you threw a pick, you know, it's just got to be next play. And I think a quarterback really has got to be a leader. You know, it, that was, that's what comes with the territories. When you step into that starting quarterback role, you know, everyone's looking at you. All the eyes are on you, um, you know, and, and you just kind of got to mold into that leader. You know, all your teammates looking at you to make a play and you just got to have faith and trust them and kind of lead the team in a, that direction. So, you know, I think those are kind of the three things I look for in a quarterback to when he's successful. It's interesting you bring up poise because I look at that as well. And, you know, I, I can I don't care how hard you throw, how far you can throw, how fast you run. I need to know that you're not going to be afraid of the moment. And in football, you could practice virtually every other thing. Um, you can practice on your accuracy, you can practice on your footwork, all that stuff like that. You can't pr truly practice poise. You either have it or you don't. Where would you say your poise came from? Because that's something that you do have with the team is blitzing you, whether it's a you know four-minute situation, red zone situation, you don't get flustered. How have you been able to, to cultivate that and grow that throughout your time playing a position? Definitely. Thank you. Well, I honestly want to thank my parents for that one. You know, when I was kind of growing up, they threw me in a lot of sports. I was in a lot of different situations. You know, I was in uh, I was a starting pitcher in a state championship baseball game when I was younger. I swam in state championship swim meets. Um, you know, I, I've taken game winning shots in basketball. And I think it's just kind of been 
been in pressure pack situations from when I was young growing up. And so now when I'm in that situation where the game's on the line, you need 80 yards to drive and score the game winning touchdown. It doesn't really phase me because I've been in these situations before in the past. And so, you know, it's just like another day out there, another drive, you know, another time I get to handle the ball and, and march my team down the field. So I think it's just kind of been, I've been in a lot of these situations in the past and hopefully I'm in a couple more going forward. Yeah. A lot of, I talk with rocket Ishmael at the college football hall of fame and he brought up how, you know, guys just have a sense of timing. Cause I felt like when I used to watch him growing up, if, you know, you hear on the broadcast, I mean, you need a big play right here. And uh, all of a sudden it's a, it's either a punt to rocket or they're throwing a rocket and he comes up with the big play. And he talked about how having that, you prepare all your life for those moments. You dream about the game winning touchdown, you know, hitting the home run. And when you get that opportunity is, Hey man, I played this over in my head a thousand times already. I have no fear of the situation. I can make sure I can make something happen. Do you find yourself doing that more so uh, now than anything before? Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm the type of guy that, you know, when, when the team, you know, needs a big play, I want the ball in my hands, you know, when it's, fourth and five and you got to get that play you know I want the ball in my hands whether I'm passing or throwing it you know that's honestly that's that's one of the main reasons I play football is just to be in those pressure pack situations with the ball and you know I definitely thrive in that situation and I, I dream about that yeah like you said you know and the more football I play the more big games I play in the more I want that ball so it's definitely a big thing for me it's very important to me glad I'm talking with you on this podcast here because I, I get this question a lot because I cover a lot of football at, at all different levels and people always ask, well, what's the, you know, how can you look at a guy from Division Three and say that guy is an NFL guy or that guy at the FBS program maybe shouldn't be a pro player? But when you when you watch the game and see you doing things that you see on Sunday, it, it just, to me, it stands out. And it shows that a player, no matter where he's playing, has a level of, of uh, let's say, nuance to his game, which shows he, he truly loves the game and understands uh, where he wants to be, which means he's pulling from, you know, guys that he's watched play. And you mentioned some of the quarterbacks. So I, I said all that to say this, like, who are some of the guys that you find yourself picking pieces of their game and, and adding it to yours to so where you're out there standing out on the field, no matter if you're playing Division Three against Gettysburg or out here at an all-star event, you're still doing the same things that you've always done. Definitely. You know, I think uh, the biggest one for me is Aaron Rodgers. I've just been watching him since I was young. And, you know, the way he commands the huddle, you know, the way he uses his feet to set up his arm and the way he can make every throw is just something I really want to do. Um, and really, I mold my game after. And some of the younger guys now, I think uh, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson and, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes are, are guys I really love to watch and are really like dynamic guys. Like I said, you know, they can really use their feet to set up their arm. They're athletic in the pocket. Um, they're not necessarily known as blazers running down the field, you know, running four fours, but they can get the job done with their feet and their arm. Um, and they're all tremendous leaders. So those are all guys I really love to watch and really mold my game after. You talked about poise and how important that trade is. But when I watch you play and I wrote this in my notes back in October and I saw it out there today uh, at the all-star game, you know, all-star event that we're at, I'm like, man, the placement on the passes is Tremendous. It doesn't matter if you have a buzzing linebacker underneath with a, a safety that's coming to, to lay the, the, you know, the wood on a receiver cross in the middle of the field. The ball is placed perfectly to where not only it can be a reception, but the receiver protects himself. How do you how do you gain that element of your game 
how you practice that, how you, you know, these are guys that you just got off the bus and met today, you know, and your placement is still where it needs to be. How does that part of your game develop over time? Definitely. You know, I think, again, I think it goes back to, you know, when I was little, just throwing the baseball around, you know, I, I grew up, you know, with, with the baseball in my hand, throwing it all around. So I think that's kind of where the arm comes around. And I think another thing is just, I'm a football junkie, you know, I, when I'm not out there playing, you know, I love to watch it. You know, I love to watch film. I love to watch NFL. I love to watch college. I love to do it all. So, you know, I think I've just seen so much, so much football and taken so many reps and, you know, watched so many film, taken so many notes that kind of when situations unfold on the field, I almost feel like instantly I know, you know, where this ball is supposed to go, how much touch is it supposed to have, you know, where I'm supposed to hit the receiver. And so I think that's it, you know, just a football junkie, you know, just watching all these games and just seeing so many situations that, you know, it's kind of natural to me out there with the ball in my hands. Now we're here at the College Gridiron Showcase and it's a great event. A couple of weeks, a couple of days of practice, no game, just a scrimmage at the end culminating in uh, the week. And when you are at an all-star event and you brought it up uh, before we jumped on, it makes so much sense for quarterbacks. It could be a unique challenge. So people have to be careful when they judge quarterbacks at these all-star games. And you see that a lot. You see it with quarterbacks. You see it with O-line, D-line one-on-ones. If a guy wins a rep, everyone goes crazy on social media. You see it with receivers that run those 19 second routes and everyone's oh, the DB got work. Well, yeah, he would have been sacked already. You know, so, uh, when you look at you working with these receivers that you just met today, how unique is it for you to, to try to find that rhythm and find that that uh, balance of okay, I want to show my skills, but I also don't want to I also want to help help this guy highlight his skills. How do you get that in an all star event? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So when we were talking a little bit before this started, I was saying you know it's tough. For example, you know the first thirty minutes was was hard on everybody. You know we. We go out there, it's one-on-ones, and the coach says, why don't you run a dig? You know, and in some programs, a dig's at 10 yards, and some programs, it's at 12, and some, it's at 15. And, you know, everyone's got different, you know, speed and all that, and it's tough. But, you know, I really just took kind of the first half of today's practice to just kind of gauge everyone's route running, gauge everyone's speed, you know, just kind of watch and, and learn. And then, you know, I think when we got in seven-on-seven, seven, you know, I, I was a little more polished. You know, I was kind of completing a lot of balls and just, just seeing that. But, you know, like you said, it, it is really hard. It, it's something hard to do is just kind of, you know, get get everyone's speed and get get how fast they're going, what they're running. But, you know, I, it's definitely hard. And I think that uh, seven on seven was a good period today for everyone once you learn. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely tough. It's definitely one of the big challenges of an all-star game. But you kind of just have to go out there, have fun and, and trust yourself, trust your preparation, trust your skills, trust your learning and all that. Now, your preparation has led you to uh, being here at this all-star game, having a lot of scouts come down to Johns Hopkins to inquire about your talent and then watch film. How important is a game like this for you? And what are you trying to get out this week to show scouts and show people that may be observing uh, you for the first time? Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, you know, my, my film kind of speaks for itself, but again, you know, we, we played against uh division three talent, not to, not to knock anyone division three shoot. I went, I went to division three, played four years at a great division three university, but you know, with events like this, you know, there's talent from, you know, D one, D two and D three, you know, top talent from all three divisions. So I really just trying to show scouts that, you know, it, it doesn't really matter, you know, what kind of, what level of competition I'm playing at, I can produce and I, I am a really good quarterback. So I'm just kind of trying to go out there get completions, make plays, move the ball, and just let my play do the talking. So we'll see. We have a big uh, scrimmage tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that. So we'll see what happens. Well, you've done a lot of that throughout your career. And I feel as though, even though I've, I just found out about your game um, this season, just knowing what I know, I still think people may 
be underrating you, so to speak? Where do you feel as though your game is being underrated? People may look at your stats and say, okay, um, high efficient passer, uh, probably hitting a lot of checkdowns, throwing touchdowns. You know, it's easy to throw, you know, for 3,000 yards and have a damn near three to one touchdown interception ratio in today's college football. But where do you feel as though people are sleeping on your game? Definitely. You know, I think that uh, one of the big things is I think I'm one of the smartest quarterbacks out there. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm a football junkie. You know, I, I love to watch film. I love to learn football. Um, I also went to, you know, one of the best schools in the country, you know, Johns Hopkins University. And so I think I can really use that to my advantage. Um, and I think that, you know, you, you look out there and you see me kind of throwing balls against, you know, like not the best town in the world out there. But I think my arm, I can make any throw, you know, I I love to get out there and throw the ball around with anyone, you know, in this draft class. No disrespect to them. They're all great players. But I think you could stick me on the field with anyone in this draft class and, you know, I'll throw with them. I'll compete with them. So I think those are the two big things. You know, people people, you know, kind of sleep on Division three players, but there's a lot of good talent out there. And I think I'm one of them. And I, I'd love to go out there and just prove myself against, you know, any talent in the world, any talent in this draft class and, you know, any division in college and and see what happens. I think I have a good shot against all of them. Yeah, that was his one throw against Gettysburg where I was just like mouth open, just like, wow, that was a hell of a throw. It was right down to me. It was a, the first series of the game. Uh, just you scrambled out a little bit, a little half roll out, set up and just launched the ball deep down the field and hit the receiver in stride. It was just kind of like you torqued and, and you were able to get the ball out there with enough touch, uh, anticipation and enough velocity to where he didn't have to break stride. So. I know you have all of the physical tools to make it happen. You talked about Johns Hopkins preparing you both mentally and physically to play this game. When you, if you're directing people to your game, to your to your abilities, which game would you say, hey, watch this game? This tape tells you all you need to know about what I bring to the table. Yeah, this year I think there's two games. You know, uh, the first game we talked about is Gettysburg. You know, I had uh, you know five incompletions and 300 yards and four touchdowns in the first half, and kind of got sad after that because we were winning pretty handily but I think also um in our last game of the season we played Stevenson who's a really good team they were eight and two uh when we went in to play them I think and uh I think that was one of my best performances you know I think it just kind of culminated my four years at Johns Hopkins and you know it it was a really good game we we ended up putting up 60 points and and winning a good game against a really good opponent so I think those two games really kind of showcase all my skills and and show the kind of quarterback that I am Final question for me here is, you know, football is one of those games that it's a physical classroom. It teaches you a lot of lessons. What would you say is the biggest thing football has taught you? You know, I think that uh, the biggest thing it kind of taught me is that, you know, you have a choice, you know, in life, uh, you know, whether you can sit down and kind of kind of be done or you can get up, you know, when you get punched in the mouth and kind of step back up and, you know, pick your gear up and go to the next play. You know, that's the thing. There's there's really no other sport in the world where you get knocked down on every single play and you have the choice of whether or not you're going to get up or, you know, stay down, spend a big thing, you know, persistence and, you know, no, no route in life is perfect. You know, there's a lot of bumps. There's a lot of twists and turns. And I think that's a lot with football. You know, you, you're, you're never going to have a perfect game. You know, you're always going to be learning from it. And that's kind of what I've learned. You know, I think it's the ultimate team sport as well. You know, you need all 11 people on the field to do their exact job or else it's not going to be perfect. You're not going to have a good play. So, that's another big thing. Another reason why I love football. And I think it just teaches so many life lessons. I could probably go on for 30 minutes talking about football, what I've learned and how much I love, but I think I'll, I'll leave you at that. <laughs> well, we got a lot of that. The internet is free here. So we, we can go on and on and on if you want to, but, <laughs> but Dave, man, listen, it, it was a pleasure watching you go out, go out there and perform uh, today. 
uh, during the regular season. And I'm excited about your future, man. You definitely have a pro future NFL, in my opinion. And I, I'm just excited to see where this thing can continue to grow as people become more and more familiar with what you bring to the table. Where can guys follow you on social media so they can follow along with your journey to the pro level? Definitely. Yeah, I think Twitter is the best place. You know, my at name on Twitter is at D-A-V-T-A-M-M-3. You know, I think that's the best place to, to follow me along my journey and, and we'll see where this road takes me. Well, you keep balling out there, man. It's going to take you exactly where you always want to go. You've prepared for this situation. You've prepared for this moment. It's about seeing it through, man. I thank you for taking time and we wish you the best luck moving forward. Definitely. Thanks a lot. You know, it's been great to be on the show and it's always great to talk to you. So thanks a lot for having me on. It's been a blast.